Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Comic Source Comic Boom collaboration. Time for Spawn Daily and time for Spawn number 24, which is part four of the Hunt series, which uh, was Todd McFarlane returning to both penciling and writing duties after uh, five issues off. Uh, the two issues that Tom Orzakowski and Andrew Grossberg did and the three preceding that that Grant Morrison did. So uh, we talked about it previously in a couple of the episodes about how McFarlane really coming back on kind of, okay, remind us where all the different plot threads were going. And he did a relatively reasonable job of bringing them all together. And it's a, it feels like a little bit of an abrupt ending, but uh, it's still a very satisfying one. So uh, I really uh, enjoyed it. And the other thing I'll mention real quick, as this is coming out uh, January 12th, 2022, the final series uh, debut of the spawn universe is also coming out today it's called the scorched and it's basically like a team book right we have king spawn we have gunslinger spawn and then the scorched has she spawn redeemer gunslinger spawn um plague spawn and medieval spawn together on a team and i i got a huge chuckle out of it because so the credits, it's written by Sean Lewis, right? It's it, This is the way it's credited. Script and plot, Sean Lewis. And below that, in a smaller font, it says, Todd McFarlane, additional dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and I just got such a kick out of that because we have talked extensively. And again, it's a little bit of a product of its yeah. time that this comic came out in the 90s. But That's funny. What, what better... What better purpose, other than drawing it, obviously, because Todd's art is still incredible, but what better purpose for Todd McFarlane to serve on a Spawn Universe book than to add more dialogue? Oh, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. So, yeah. I got to kick I haven't finished reading it. I'm, I'm about halfway through. It's a, it's a huge book. I think it's a 7.99 book. It's uh -huh. like 60 pages uh it's yeah 59 pages is how long the digital copy is and obviously that does include like the cover and i don't know if the it had additional covers in the back um but yeah pretty interesting but what i what i yeah it does have the extra covers in the back and there's quite a few so you're probably looking at 48 pages of story but one <laughs> of the things i'm struck by is i'm, I'm reading this uh, and i've been reading king spawn and i've been reading gunslinger spawn and i'm i'm sort of powering through them even though a lot of the things that they're referring to, I, I have no idea. Like, and that's yeah. part of the reason that that you know, Rock and I are doing this. Uh, just a reminder, what we are doing, we're basically trying to read all the issues of the the main series Spawn to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Spawn and to, to get caught up, so we can be uh, you know caught up and understand what's going on in this Spawn universe. So by the time the year finishes up, it'd be about three 330, 340 issues. So. Uh, we should be able to get through all of them, provided we don't get spawned out. Uh, but yeah, I just I had to mention that <laughs> it's out today, and Todd McFarlane additional dialogue like <laughs> he, that could be every spawn, every spawn book, absolutely amazing. So uh, anyway, what did you think of uh, of twenty four? Did you like the way that the, uh, the hunt story arc finished up, Rocky? Uh, I, I actually. Uh, I I really love the visuals. Uh, there's one particular scene where uh, that is just an absolutely amazing double page spread where Spawn saves uh, s saves his best friend. I loved it. I, yep. I, I thought it was a little 
too. I thought it was very convenient. Yeah, you know, yeah. very very convenient. But I still liked it because it, uh, because I, I I really love all these villains. I don't want. I like the fact that Jason Wynn is still is still active at the end as a villain. So is uh, 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 Vito Gravano, uh, and you know Sam and Twitch are still okay. The the FB, you know the all, all the all the players. Uh, that are causing chaos in Al Simmons' life and Terry Fitzgerald and Wanda Blake's life, they're still active. And I actually find myself not wanting them taken off the playing field yet. <laughs> so, so, yeah, well, yeah I kind of yeah. like it. Yeah, I was going to mention that. You know, I, I talked about the ending being a little, a little abrupt, and I'm going to talk about it when we summed it up as well. It's like for a guy that Spawn, who has embraced final solutions for certain situations, Obviously, Billy Kincaid is the first one that springs to mind. He lets all these guys live, uh, and we'll we'll talk about it when we uh, as we do the recap here. So let me go ahead and dive in. Uh, art and story by Todd McFarlane, with a special thanks to Greg Capullo. Uh, the art are the letters rather by Tom Orzakowski, colors by Steve Olaf and Oli Optics, uh, and dedicated to Joe Sinnott, legendary inker. Uh, did a lot of work with Jack Kirby, especially. So the the issue kicks off right where the last issue where. Uh, 23 left off with Sam and Twitch there in the alley with Spawn and Terry Fitzgerald, both kind of unconscious at their feet. And all Sam Burke can think about is, man, this is going to be a lot of paperwork. And uh, Twitch with his normal kind of straight deadpan uh, <laughs> sense of humor says, so so it would seem, sir, but it's not uh, too long before they get a bit of a shock because they check Spawn for a pulse, which he probably never has a pulse, right? He's dead and it's not even a true human body. We've talked about that a lot. He pulls, starts to pull Spawn's mask off and, and Sam and Twitch both get a big shock because they, you know, get a look at the hamburger face of Spawn. I'm like, oh my God, Jesus, says Sam Burke. What the hell happened to him? Um, and, you know, again, and it's not bad enough that he's got the hammered, burnt looking face. Remember, it's still stitched up with the shoelace right down the middle. So, uh, and Terry Fitzgerald is not looking much better. He's got a swollen eye, busted lip, and as they're kind of propping Spawn up against the wall, his body there, uh, they're kind of rehashing what, what was what was going on, what they were told, what they learned last issue. And Sam mentions that God, the only thing we really know about this guy is the bag lady called him Al. And Terry Fitzgerald, as he's coming out of his unconsciousness, hears that he's like, "Al, what? No, Al, could it?" Could it be? Um, and he, you know, he's got that, that thought has been planted in, in his head. And we wondered last time if Terry or Wanda would be the first to discover that Spawn was Al. So maybe Terry's got the, the lead here. Maybe he's the lead horse in that race. I guess we'll, we'll see. So once Sam Burke sees that Terry's a, a conscious, he immediately kind of attacks him. He costs him. He's like grabbing him by the, the suit jacket. He's like, what's going on here? I got about 200 questions. Mike, I get it. I get that you're curious and you want to know what's going on, Burke. And you got, you know, I mean, he's a good detective. So he's got that insatiable need to want answers to his questions. But this guy just got the crap kicked out of him, probably has a concussion. Yeah. Maybe you don't need to shake him up. <laughs> Sam's <laughs> a little hard on everybody here. He's kind of a, he's kind of a hard ass. He's a hard ass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, typically a guy who's a big of a slob and, uh, you know, doesn't take care of himself in terms of his weight and his appearances, you know, usually they, tend to let things go a little more easy going. It's sort of part of that personality, but yeah, that's not, that's not, uh, that's not Sam at all. So uh, he does call for a couple of ambulances and ask some uh, uniform cops to cordon off the area, but unbeknownst to him, <clears throat> but what we know is that Jason Wynn has, has his fingers everywhere, right? And all of law enforcement, CIA, FBI, 
uh, even down to the local precinct houses. Uh, so once they, they, he mentions, uh, when Sam calls it in, he mentions Terry Fitzgerald. He's like, get me everything you have on Fitzgerald, Terrence D. Says he's with the CIA, but doesn't have any ID on him. Um, then the other cops in the precinct who are, are basically under the thumb of Jason Wynn, either being paid off or maybe he's got dirt on him one way or another, uh, they already start planning to, to nail the traitor, as they put it. Uh, and then the scene actually shifts to, to Jason Wynn. Uh, they say, okay, we, they found Terry Fitzgerald. Here's what's happening. And Jason was like, no, nobody gets them but us. This time I'm going to fry that son of a bitch, he says. <laughs> Make sure the area is so tight that the wind can't even get out. I won't lose him again. So <laughs> That's a good line. Know, I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this isn't a big surprise, right? We know how corrupt Jason Wynn is. We know he had Al Simmons killed. And we know what he's he's capable of. And I think he realizes, and we've talked about it in, in when we've covered previous episodes, he knows that the the frame job that he's concocted for Terry Fitzgerald will probably stand up to some scrutiny, but at some point it's a house of cards. And so it's not a big surprise that he, you know, he's kind of, seems kind of worried here. Like I, I need to get this resolved um, quickly, you know? And he's like, uh, I, I, I need him to be dead and you got to make it look like an accident. That's what he tells his guys. Like he, he knows that Fitzgerald's no traitor, but you know, this is what needs to be done. If you want to make an omelet, you got to break some eggs. That That's his, uh, kind of his attitude about it. So meanwhile, Wanda and Cyan are back home. They've got a couple of guards, right? FBI <laughs> guards outside their house for their own protection. But really, and even Wanda, uh, feels this way she's like are the guards really there to protect her or is she being detained right the neighbors that yeah. she thought she could trust all of a sudden were too afraid to come forward and tell the truth what was terry actually involved in she, she doesn't even know who she can trust so you definitely feel bad for her she's she's stuck between a rock and a hard place as well and again all because jason Wynn is manipulating events um because he's a bad guy and he needs a he needs a fall guy right he needs terry fitzgerald to, to take the fall so um, again, McFarlane, uh, early in this issue is, is touching all the, the characters, you know, giving them all, uh, a little bit of time on the screen here to let us know where they are. So meanwhile, back in the alley, uh, Sam's trying to get answers and Terry's telling him what he knows, but remember Terry doesn't have the whole picture either. Right. Like he, he's like the mob told me to come here because they had my wife and, and daughter held hostage. You know, that's what they told me. So I came here and I expected to find the mob, but instead there was this giant 10 ton cyborg and, and Sam's not buying it. He's like, yeah, yeah. So you're a G man and you're expecting to meet with the mob and then they sucker you and, uh, you know, send a cyborg down here. And this dead guy, this dead hero over here seems to have a personal reason to try and save you. Um, and you have no ID. So, <laughs> it, you know, like it seems like a pretty far-fetched story. You, you don't blame Sam Burt for not buying it. Uh, meanwhile, we see a couple of homeless guys, some of Spawn's friends that see Al pretty messed up. And they're like, well, we got to go get some help. Like, you know, I mean, they know that Spawn, that Al's probably not dead. Um, but they also know they can't take on these two cops by themselves. So uh, they run off to get some help. And meanwhile, Sam loses his patience with, with Terry and again starts roughing him up uh, because Terry's like, you got to let me go. The mafia's got my wife and kid. I got to get out of here now. I got to go track him down. 
sounds like you're not going anywhere, man. I don't care what your problems are. Um, and even Twitch is like, dude, chill. And he's like, nobody's telling me to back off. This one's been dogging me for too long. And don't forget, they also don't know the mystery of who Spawn is. The red caped figure that they saw outside of uh, Billy Kincaid's house. You know, they were taken off duty for a couple of weeks while the investigation because the body of dead uh, dead body of Billy Kincaid was found in their office. So for Sam Burke, it's, it seems very, very personal, you know. And Terry's arguing with him like, are you deaf? The mob has him. They're going to kill him. I don't care. And he, he just, Terry just starts running. Yeah. And, Even and, he, and he doesn't know yeah. that he doesn't know that it's all a bluff that the mafia doesn't have one. And that was all a bluff just to get him uh, just to just to threaten him and antagonize him. So. It's uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, and and true to Todd, Todd McFarlane, he's nice enough to remind us of that in an editorial note. <laughs> it was actually oh, yeah. bluff. C yeah. issue twenty two. So <laughs> spelling everything out again. <laughs> yeah, and and like I said, even the story that Terry knows, even what he's telling these guys isn't isn't the whole story, and some of it is flat out wrong. Like, yeah, the mob doesn't really have his wife and daughter, but he he doesn't care. Like, even if he's going to be shot in the back, he runs off. Uh, he says he's got a go and rescue him. And meanwhile, as he says this, Spawn starts to to uh, regain consciousness. He hears that Wanda could be in trouble. So obviously that gets his attention, kind of wakes him up. Meanwhile, we shift over to Tony Twist, Vito Gravano, check in on him for the first time. Um, so we find out that over they think that Overkill did the job, right? Um, that Terry Fitzgerald has been killed. They think Terry Fitzgerald is Spawn. And so... Uh, all Vito Gravano wants is uh, is confirmation. He's, I want to make sure Overkill did his job. We need Fitzgerald dead. And then he as he gets interrupted by a phone call, and there's other guys from the cartel that are threatening him, saying, "Hey, we're having a meeting next uh, Thursday, and the other guys are unhappy with your dealings, and you got six days to to uh, to get everything put back together." Well, this really ticks him off. <laughs> he's not used to being threatened, right? It says he's the one that, that threatens. And so <laughs> he tells somebody, so Gino was the guy that called, apparently head of some other family. And so he tells his guys, send somebody over to Gino's restaurant, take his top chef and cut his hands off. Uh, in the meantime, find me Fitzgerald's body, whatever's left of it. I'm going to take it to the meeting on Thursday and that should shut everybody up, show them that I took care of this problem, right? Because again, <laughs> what they think is that Terry Fitzgerald is Spawn, and Spawn was the one at the beginning of the series that was stealing all the hearts or taking the hearts out of all these mafia guys, killing all these mafia guys, uh, and they blame Spawn when really it was the violator all along. So uh, as all the cops start converging uh, into the alley, we are reminded that Terry Fitzgerald's a hot commodity. Everybody wants to write the police, the FBI, He's still being blamed for the two dead FBI agents in front of his house. So, I mean, when a cop goes down, you know, and hunting for a cop killer or, you know, federal agent or something like that, that all, all bets are off, you know, that's usually when people don't even sur survive to get taken into custody, right? They get shot <laughs> uh, while trying to be apprehended. So Terry's yeah. a, a very wanted man at this point. Yeah, and he's pretty, and uh, he's pretty screwed. And uh, I don't, I don't even think at this point Twitch, Sam and Twitch don't even realize that. And uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, what I like about the scene is that we find out what, why we find out why Twitch is called Twitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. So, 
I, I, I'm surprised that Sam Burke even attempts to chase Terry as he's as he's running. But <laughs> he's, Twitch he's is fairly heavy yeah, set. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Twitch is is very thin and very fast. And we find out the reason his he's called Twitch is because he doesn't he doesn't Twitch. We know he's an expert marksman, and that's all part of it. So he manages to outflank Terry, and as Terry rounds a corner, he's got, he gets a, a gun right in the face and. He kind of gives gives it up, you know. He slumps to the ground. Uh, Sam Burke catches up, and again, I'm surprised that he catches up as fast as uh, as he does. And he even says, "Man, I thought I was going to have a heart attack." <laughs> and Twitch is like, "Well, good for you, sir," which is a, a funny line. So they're like, "I'm getting sick and tired of this. We're going to take you down to the station, Terry. We're going to get some answers." Uh, but luckily for Terry, the rest of uh, Spawn's allies, all his homeless friends, have have been following. They, you know, the two that. Uh, saw spawn initially they went and got a bunch of friends they've gathered up sticks and bottles and pieces of wood and you know whatever they can find and they're not really trying to hurt um to hurt sam or twitch uh they're just trying to create a distraction that will allow sam and terry to uh, escape so terry definitely takes advantage of it and starts running off down the alley but just as that happens there's now uh, two CIA agents that are coming upon the scene and they spot Terry running toward them down the alley. And they, you know, they're under orders from Jason Wynn to, to take Terry out, right? Make it look like an accident, whatever. So, Hey, why not say, yeah, we were pulling into the alley because, you know, we, we heard something was going down. So we're pulling into the alley and this guy came running out of nowhere and we hit him and sorry, he's dead, but he's a traitor anyway. So who's going to feel sorry for him? You know, that's what they're thinking. So the, the guy driving the car actually speeds up. Meanwhile, Sam and Twitch are like, oh, we, we need to fall back. We need to get some cover. Uh, what's strange here? It's like, again, I'm not going to nitpick too much. A little expositional in this issue, but, you know, typical McFarlane, not too bad. But <laughs> the one thing that did bug me is that Sam calls Terry Fitzgerald Fitzy. And we've seen him called Fitzy before, but, you know, mostly by friends or, or mockingly in, in threatening notes. I just don't see a cop like Burke calling him Fitzy. He's not a friend. He's a, you know, he's a perp as he would refer to him or a suspect. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was, I thought it was strange. You grab Fitzy, I'll cover you. Everyone's going crazy tonight. I, I just yeah. thought that. Well, was- he, he also identified himself as a, as a, as a CIA. He identified himself as CIA. Uh, Terry. Yeah. But I, and I guess they don't believe him, although they did call it in. So I, I yeah. thought maybe they would show him a little bit more respect than they did. Twitch showed him a little bit of respect, but they, <laughs> I mean, they, yeah. obviously Stand he was beat up pretty bad. They, they didn't, I guess they they could be forgiven for not believing him because they did stumble upon quite an extraordinary scene <laughs> yeah. with overkill yeah. there, uh, taking out Spawn and, and Terry. So it was. Yeah. And you would, that's the thing, like Terry for, for all his, for all their suspicions of him, he's a regular guy. You think they would be more worried about tracking down Overkill, who you know, giant hulking menace. But whatever, it's a comic. Don't 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 examine it too close there. So anyway, Terry turns to run, uh, and it says too late. He's right in the middle of the headlights. He knows his luck has finally run out. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, and this is that fantastic scene that Rocky was talking about. You can see it on uh, on YouTube there if you're watching along, following along with us. Uh, gorgeous. Just, yeah. He just stands right in front of the car and uses up some energy to do this. We're told that the car lo- will look as if it was impacted a steel pole, which for all intents and purposes, it did. The engine gets pushed back into the passenger compartment. Both, uh, occupants will never walk again. 
which I suppose kind of serves them right. You know, they're trying to murder an innocent man. Um, we're told that Al does expend energy to do this. Um, he's increasing his density to the extent that it would drain his irreplaceable energy. But he did this willingly because he's he's saving a friend. So, yeah, he screams, get down, Terry. Uh, and he's not telling him to dance. Uh, he's telling him to duck. And, uh, and yeah, I, I mean, it's just a it's just a fantastic, fantastic what, scene. What's what I find uh, frustrating. And again, uh, you and I are sounding probably we're, we keep repeating ourselves. But this is such a beautiful page. This exposition was completely unnecessary. Everything on this page was unnecessary. We didn't need any of it. We didn't need any exposition. Did we really need to, to the, the you know, there's an actual expository bo- you know, exposition box. It says the car will look as if it impacted a steel pole. For all intents and purposes, it did. Well, we know yeah. that. Look at this gorgeous yeah. page. You don't have to tell us. We know yeah. it, it. I mean, we know it. You don't. Do I tell us? The engine that rammed into the passenger compartment shattering their leg. Do we really need to know that the occupant? First of all, the occupants are never going to walk again. I figure the occupants are dead. Why do we <laughs> yeah. care about the occupants? It yeah. doesn't need to. We don't need to be told that. The reader does not need to know. It's be- Leave that to my imagination. Let me imagine what happened to the occupants. You don't have to spell this out for me, Todd. <laughs> but he does, and it's it's completely unnecessary. But it's definitely in keeping with his style that he's whenever he's uh as you said he he's very wordy and he he's so he just wants to make sure the reader knows exactly exactly what he's thinking. It's like it's in the script, so it's got to be on the page. Well, no, not everything in the script needs to be on the page. And it's funny because he's such an amazing artist and he can convey what's in his mind so beautifully with his art that I'm so surprised. I remain surprised how much he feels he needs to tell us when he's so good at showing us. Yeah, I would say the only thing that that we need to know uh, is that this did take some energy from Spong. But you don't even need any work. Just put the just put the energy counter, you know, in the bottom corner there and and drop the numbers. Yeah, well, that could have, that still could have, that could have been really... said in passing on the next page too. Plus, we, we knew that yeah, he got yeah. his powers from Houdini in a previous issue, uh, a couple issues ago, taught him how to use his powers. For all for all intents and purposes, this could have been the suit doing this. It's unimportant. I don't care about that. This is just an awesome scene. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's it's weird. I don't know. That's just how I felt about it. But uh, anyway, still, still beautiful art. Yeah, but I mean, to your point, it probably even more impactful if there were no words on the page other than smash. <laughs> I don't even know if you need to get down Terry, you know, it, yep. it, seriously, it's like you're telling him to dance. It's going to start like he's on Soul Train or something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, as the horde converges upon him, Spawn stands and stares. So we've got the, <laughs> the CIA coming. Uh, the cops are there. And Spawn realizes that, you know, he's, he's been hiding himself. He's been, uh, you know, trying to, to stay under the radar. And that hasn't worked too well. So, you know, true to his training as a CIA operative, if one tactic's not working, try something else. So uh, he's going to try fear. He's going to let everybody know who he is and that they need to fear him. So he uses a little bit more of his, uh, his power and he leaves a message on the side of the uh, wall building next to the alley there. This al- these alleys belong to Spawn. So he's letting them know in the words of McFarlane here that the boogeyman really does exist and he's going to make sure everybody gets that message. And then he, he kind of disappears. Uh, and where he goes, well, he's got some messages to deliver, three of them to be exact. And the first one is to Jason Wynn. So pops into Wynn's office, starts talking about things that he really shouldn't know, but knows because he's, first of all, he's Al Simmons and has history with Wynn. Wynn's not aware of that. Second of all, we know that he's 
snuck into the uh, the USSG, uh, United States Secret Group, or whatever it's called, <laughs> and he has uh, he's gathered a bunch of in- intel on Jason Wynn, and so he uses that intel and says, uh, "You need to back off of Tara Fitzgerald. You need to make him squeaky clean. You need to get rid of all the evidence that you manufactured to frame him. Otherwise, I'm going to show this file to the president and the Joint Chiefs, and." And that'll be the end of you. So uh, when scans a file, no one alive knew some of the items it contains. And that's a that's a great way for McFarland. Because still no one alive besides Wynn himself knows it because Spawn's not alive. So yep. Spawn's next visit is to uh, is to Sam, who's having a late night snack straight out of like the Honeymooners, Ralph Cramden. Uh, and he gives him a file on Chief Banks who is the chief of police. And again, you know, information that nobody should possibly have. Um, And what I wondered about this, like it's kind of interesting that Spawn didn't go to chief banks directly, you know? So, but he's basically telling him to tell chief banks to drop the Fitzgerald case and leave my alley alone. If not, people are going to learn about his extracurricular activities. But now, now Sam Burke knows about the bad stuff that chief's done possibly illegal stuff isn't that putting sam in a bad like position right because now i mean it could go one of two ways sam can hold it over the chief but the chief yeah. may, might go behind his back and try to take out sam sam is well, not exactly undead and and protected because he has superpowers the way spawn is yeah no i, I agree with you and i'll go i'll go one one step farther as much as I, I i mentioned earlier as much as i like all these bad guys still being on the playing field you know uh win uh and of course uh, Vito and and of course the police chief but and of course on the next on the next page he he of course he threatens uh Vito Gravano with a, with a file as well but i i'm openly wondering you know from a storytelling point of view why does why doesn't spawn kill win and Vito? Yeah. Why doesn't he just kill him? Like, I don't understand why he let them live. He could have, why not kill Win, kill Vito, and then give the file to the, the second in command? And that way it would still clear Terry Fitzgerald's name. Why leave those guys on the playing field? Because they're still a potential threat. And, you know, and then they give the file to Sam. like, and Or even kill the police chief. I mean, it's not as if Al Simmons is adverse to killing. We know that for sure. So it just yeah. seems, it's, it's a little bit curious why he did that. But I, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I said that at the, at the top, right? He had no compunction about killing Billy Kincaid, um, but now, all of a sudden, when it would very much behoove him to at least kill Win and uh, and Vito Gravano, they certainly have earned it. Yeah, yeah, he lets him off the hook, and I'm yeah, it 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 just seems strange. What he threatens Gravano with is he has a file that basically shows all of Gravano's organization's objectives for the next six months. And he says, uh, unless you want the cops crawling up your rear, you'll leave Fitzgerald alone and stay the hell out of my alley. So, yeah, again, I mean, the only thing that I can possibly think is that, you know, Spawn thinks, well, if I if I take out Gravano, the next guy, I have to threaten him. You know what I mean? Like someone will just yeah. come and take his place and be a, be a pain in my ass. Let me leave somebody in charge who's actually scared of me. I guess that would work. And maybe it's the same with Wynn, although that that doesn't that that feels less uh effective against win because you're right i mean supposedly the the group that win runs is on the side of right they're you know the, yeah. they're in charge of all the the 
you know, government intelligence and they should be doing the right thing. So you would think take out the poison apple at the top and it won't spoil the barrel. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Reasons, I guess, because McFarlane yeah. has other, other plans. Uh, uh, I will say too, just to continue a, a little bit more about Jason Wynn here. What I found interesting is despite McFarlane's uh, inclination toward heavy exposition, we still have no mention or indication of Jason Wynn has any recollection of him being the anti-spawn. Like there's yeah. no mention of it at all. I was, when the spawn confronted Jason Wynn and threatened him with this file, I, for some reason I thought, well, maybe, maybe Wynn would say something, but we still have no indication if Wynn, like does Wynn literally have no memory? Yeah, and, he has no memory. That's what it, we were told, you know, a few issues ago that uh, he has no memory of that. It, it's he so, so woke, weird. He, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he woke up in the, you know, curled up in the fetal position in his office with no no memory of where he was for those two days. So, yeah, yeah it, would have, it could have been interesting here if, if, like you said, seeing Spawn, like, jogged his memory. Like, at least, why does that guy look familiar? You know, something, something to make us think that. Yeah, well, it's uh, weird. And and he's so concerned about, you know, was the president that concerned that Wynn was gone for two days, that Wynn has to scapegoat? Terry Fitzgerald for it. Yeah. You know, it's the strangest thing. And then Vito thinks Vito Gravano thinks Terry is spawn. The cops want to go after Terry for stealing weapons. And the FBI is going after Terry Fitzgerald for, for killing two, killing two of their agents, uh, which incidentally, how does, well, well I guess it's when, when will make sure that Terry will, will get off the, uh, you know, won't be blamed for killing the field agents. So, you know, it's funny. Wynn has all this power to clear Fitzger Terry Fitzgerald's name now because, I mean, frankly, the irony here is that Wynn wanted to have Terry Fitzgerald propped up on charges and now all the law enforcement agencies in, in the country are after Terry Fitzgerald and now suddenly because of these files, that's just going to disappear and go away. <laughs> and and now yeah. because Wynn is doing it and the mob is doing it, I it just seems to me so ridiculously convenient it's kind of hard to, to believe but whatever i'll buy it <laughs> yeah well i mean that's the thing right like if 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 win is under suspicion or um maybe not even suspicion maybe that's not even the right word just, just if they if they have doubts because he was gone for those two days uh but he still has enough power to frame fitzgerald <laughs> in my mind it takes even more power to undo it right to try to unring the bell yeah. um if he can somehow manufacture or do whatever he needs to do to, to clear Terry because of this threat from spawn. Why can't he manufacture stuff to clear himself for where he was those two days? So, but yeah, you, you can't think about it too close because yeah. it does fall apart. It's a comic. So, I, but anyway, we, we, we would be, I just, we would be remiss if we didn't mention how, how big this submarine sandwich is that Sam is eating. <laughs> what are the odds that the spawn, Spawn shows up at Sam Sam's apartment, Detective Sam Burke's apartment, and and he's eating a giant submarine sandwich. I mean, what are the odds? <laughs> yeah, sauerkraut, Swiss cheese, pickled herring. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of detail in that sandwich. I got to give yeah. credit to McFarland. He drew a hell of a sandwich there. That that's yep. that's Kraft, a madness. Kraft singles. Yeah, <laughs> disgusting, disgusting. But anyway, he's fat shaming uh, him. I'm fat shaming Sam Burke. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, you should feel bad. Anyway, Terry is back at home. We see him there with uh, Wanda in his arms, and he's he's trying to make sense of it as well. He's like, I got the entire city chasing me. And then right in the middle of the interrogation, somebody whispers something to somebody else, and bam, I'm free to go. I'm a non-issue. And, uh, and Wanda's like, you know what? I, I won't even pretend to know what this was all about. I was scared. All I could think was losing you and Cyan growing up without a father. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm, so I'm glad it's over. And Terry's like, yeah, I was scared too. I don't like somebody messing with our lives like that. It's got to take somebody with a lot of influence. And, and that's what scares me. So you can see the wheels are kind of turning for Terry. He's, he's, I'm sure he suspects win at this point. Meanwhile, Spawn's outside in a tree overlooking the house. And he's, he's thinking um, about his wife and his house. And he's like, is it, you know, how, how funny is it? You know, I have a wife that's married to somebody else. Like, yeah, she's not really your wife anymore, Alan. He's got to, he's got to come to terms with that. And he still, he still hasn't. So, uh, but what he's worried about is the, the fact that he made the deal. The fact that he came back, it's having a negative impact on the people, people that he cares about the most. But for now, he thinks that his, uh, his plan has worked. Um, you know, showing these files to these particular people has, he hopes the people that he cares about out of danger and he'll worry about everything else tomorrow is what he says. So disaster has been uh, averted. So that's how the, uh, the issue end, the issue and the story arc end. And uh, yeah, issue 25 up next, which has a, a guest artist. Um, and again, I think 25 came out right around the time 12 or 13 came out and they jumped forward and, uh, and had some creative, creator crossovers. So it'll be interesting. I've never read it. So I'm not, I haven't read ahead either. So we'll have to see what, what 25 brings, but yeah, all in all, this was, this was entertaining, if not a little, little convenient. And, and my biggest question, and, you know, Rocky mentioned as well, it's like, why didn't he just at least kill Win? Like at least, um, yeah. And I don't think anybody would really miss Gravano either, but, and it's surprising because he hasn't worried about killing before, but I don't know, maybe he's turning over a new leaf. Yeah. Uh, no. Any other thoughts, Rocky? Uh, just, just that you can definitely see Wynn being a wild card here because if Wynn has, Wynn is clearly extremely powerful. He's arguably the most powerful player on the field here. And if he doesn't remember what happened during those two days and he, he became the anti-spawn and and yet somehow was able, for some reason, I, I had thought that he was sort of killed and became anti-spawn, but clearly he wasn't. So he was able to make, to be made human again. Or maybe I'm wondering, maybe he's not human. Maybe Win has changed in some way that we don't know. And that obviously even Win himself doesn't know. He doesn't, the irony is that Win is has has a lot more in common with Al Simmons than he ever could possibly imagine and he doesn't even remember why he's got so much I mean he's actually shares a name except he's the anti version of Spawn so it, it's definitely when Jason Wynn is the wild card here and that's what I like about this uh, moving forward and I love the fact that Vito uh, I love the fact that just an ordinary human mobster is 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 elevated uh, I, I like I like human villains I like sort of like a Lex Luthor because it it you know, I, I like when ordinary humans are, are elevated to a status with their deviousness and evil. I like that element of the story. And and uh, I like the human element here. I love the relationship. Uh, that's one thing that McFarlane did, did, has done really well. I think he's, uh, I, I really get a sense of the relationship between uh, Terry Fitz, Fitzgerald and, 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 uh, and, and Wanda and and then spawn Al Simmons being the best friend and the and the for, and the first husband of Wanda that that interplay has worked very well it's the relationships that key relationship that sort of love triangle is, is something that actually keeps me intrigued and for all the for all the sort of you know I, I say friendly constructive criticism that we're giving the exposition uh McFarlane has got me 
I'm I'm invested in this story and I'm enjoy I really am genuinely enjoying these these daily reviews that we're doing. Yeah, additional dialogue, Todd McFarlane. Yeah, that's so, right. <laughs> I can always count on it. So uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of uh, Daily uh, Spawn Daily, everybody. Hope you join us tomorrow for number 25. Don't forget, check out our uh, DC Spotlight from Tuesday, where we cover all the DC stuff uh, in depth. Also coming out just as audio only, like it, uh, we do every Wednesday, is the new Comic Wednesday episode where we cover some Marvel and independent stuff. Uh, it is spoiler-free. We just talk about the books in general. So you can check that out and uh, also make sure you're following us on social media because we got a lot of great interviews coming up both uh, on the comic boom YouTube channel, as well as uh, the audio only. So if you don't follow Rocky's channel, be sure you head over to YouTube comic space, boom, exclamation point, subscribe, ring the notification bell. So you know, when new content comes out, go ahead and give this video a like uh, if you do follow us on uh, or follow Rocky's channel on YouTube, but you haven't subscribed to the comic source audio only just go to your favorite podcasting platform or app on your smart device, do a search for the comic source and subscribe there. So uh, once again, we want to thank everybody for joining us. We appreciate the support and we'll talk to you next time. See you later. You can find the comic source podcast on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Stitcher, Google play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening and we'll talk to you next time.